that can heal. Count of the cost or take a few cross and follow him. Amen. If this was an easy road, everybody would take it. But because it takes a little effort and a little something every day, we'll say it's worth it all. And it will be worth it all. God bless you. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Just want to make an announcement. You see that we've got the windows open. We're doing that for the benefit of the neighbors because we feel they haven't been hearing our services. It's a way of witnessing. They're going to be able to hear what's going on. <laughs> so anyway, it's, it feels good in here. It feels really good. And no matter which way it feels in the flesh, it feels better in the spirit. Amen. Earlier uh, this week, this will be old news to those of you who listen in. Um, I got a, we had a note from Brother Mike Wackelchuk. Brother Mike and Sister Cherish had a baby girl, Selah Brooke Joy, Monday, June 14th, 8 pounds, 1 ounce, 20 inches long. Mom and baby are doing really good. God is good. Everybody's good, but nothing said about Brother Mike. I don't know how he is. But I imagine he's good, because today he said, the Lord has blessed us. Such a blessing. God bless. So there's, um, there's some more grandparents that are happy. They've got more added to their fold, actually. And uh, it sure is good to hear that, isn't it? We thank God for a healthy life. We thank God for the blessing on their family. We're just going to go into prayer before we go to the service. I also had a prayer request uh, just, just before from Sister Sarah Friesen. She asked, remember her Zephora heart, almost six years old, suffering with seizures all her life. She's hospitalized. This is his, her niece's stepdaughter. Seizures have gotten worse. They don't know what the cause is. They're going to perform brain surgery on her. Remember before the Lord that the doctors are guided by the hand of God. I, I would like to just say that just because they don't attend the church. I believe everybody we cross paths with is for a reason. I believe that we, if we could see what the lives that we live, you, you'd look at people, they, they may not have come to church here, but they'll come to you if there's a need. They, they're detecting something. So I feel like if they're calling for something, let's be faithful. Let's be like Esther. Let's go before the throne on their behalf. Also, we, we received a request from Brother Tim Pruitt. Sister Karen has been in the hospital since um, um, Saturday. Just reoccurrences of the seizures and things that she had. It's affecting her mind, her spirit. And um, we, we had prayer last night here at, in the group and, and also for Brother Ron Spencer. And I, I just want to say I believe God is hearing our prayers. So this morning we received a request from Brother Timothy. Remember my mother, it seemed like it had gotten worse. And I said, I don't believe that. We prayed last night. God heard our prayers. And, and sure enough, by the end of the day, they had released her. But he also said that he knows the battle's not over, but they want to see a full deliverance. So we remember Sister Karen. We also remember Sister Deborah, Deborah Walker in New Zealand. That's Brother Gary Walker's wife. Gary Walker went through much, but she has cancer. You have a need. Why don't you just touch the high priest tonight? And if you, if you don't, touch it for somebody else. 
Shall we just bow our heads this evening? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to call you our Heavenly Father. Lord, so grateful to come into this building with this group of believers. Lord, in each one of them, there's a portion of the Spirit of God. By ourselves, we're not the fullness. But Lord, as a body, we become that fullness. And Father, we're in this age, not just a local body, but a, a worldwide body. And Lord, we hear of needs and we reach out to you, Lord. Father, what if that was my wife? Or what if that was my mother? Or what if that was my child? Or, and Lord, we want to just remember them before you. Remember Sister Sarah, the, the niece that she brought before you. Oh God, would you just go to that room, to the doctors, to that place? Lord, the devil is such a liar. The price has been paid, but Lord, he causes unbelief. He causes diseases. But Lord, you were raised up to destroy the works of the enemy. Father, we ask you, we bring her before the throne of grace tonight as a people. We also lift up our sister Karen Pruitt again, thanking you are ready for what you're doing. We remember our brother Ron Spencer, Lord, believing that the work is done. Lord, we heard it ministered here Sunday night. Your enemy is dead, Lord. We believe that this enemy of cancer can have no hold on a son of God. Lord, we lift him up before you. And Father, for Sister Deborah Walker in New Zealand, we bring her before the throne of grace. We want to thank you. We also thank you for what you've done for Sister Lydia Wild, Lord. She's improving and it's better. We thank you for that. We thank you for answering prayer. We thank you that you've given us these things that we may ask. And not just ask, but that we may receive. Lord, we bring it before you. We bring the service before you. Thanking you for the gathering. Bless us tonight as we just open the word. And we pray that your anointing would rest upon us. Lord, for the hands that were lifted, Lord, you see the needs. I pray you'd minister faith to us. Lord, we're fighting a great battle, but we come tonight in the name of Jesus. I know in whom I have believed. Lord, may you bless everyone now. We commit the service to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the music. God bless you. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles. We're going to go to the book of... Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 3, Zechariah being a prophet in the time of the restoration, and uh, he is, is now bringing to our attention uh, a portion, and, and prophets would look at things symbolically, they would look at things in a spiritual realm, but he is now looking at one of the priests that came out of Babylon. And as he came out of Babylon, um, he came back to minister. But this is a restoration that was happening. So Zechariah sees this in verse 1. And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Now just think about the battle that you go through. 
Think about where the enemy comes to you. He's coming. He's resisting us. He's doing everything he can to block us. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? So while Satan is standing there fighting, God is saying, no, I see something in him that this is on my behalf. And he said, the Lord rebuke thee. Now, here's the part of the scene that I'm just going to focus on for a little while. Now, Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto, him, unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. And I said, Let him set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre on his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among those that stand by." God bless his word. You may have your seats. I will invite you also just to read over in 1 Peter chapter 2. We can put this all on historical terms, on a priesthood. We can put this all on the law, the symbols, but I want to also bring it up to date and that we're all included. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 1. Wherefore, Laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. Now, that surely wouldn't exist among a church. Who is he talking to? The church. Laying aside all malice. Just stop slowly here for a moment. All guile. All hypocrisies. Envies. Evil speakings. What are these things? They form part of your garment. They form part of who you are. Brother Branham would say, do you ever meet some people you love to be around? And then he says, you find other people you just don't like to be around? It's not that they're dressed differently outwardly. It's the spirit that they carry and the things they harbor within themselves. That's the thing. This, this is for all of us. This is from the pulpit on right down to every one of us. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Was Joshua chosen, a brand plucked in the fire? Yes, were we chosen? Yes, we were. 
But were we ready the way we were? No, there's a process that we're going under. Verse 5, you also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. I'll just not read all of this, but drop down to verse 9. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now a people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Just stay there for a moment. Let's go right into verse 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. We'll stop the reading there. I'd like to speak on clothed with a clean spirit. Brother Branham would say in one of the latter messages, he'd say, we come to church, he said, we're not a perfect people. We rub shoulders with the world. We get dirty. We, get, we have things that come. But the washing of the water of the word cleanses us. Why do we come? Because we need it daily, weekly. We need it continually. I don't know about you, but I need it. Brother Dan Williams was, was, a, was a, a, a minister of the gospel for many years, and somebody came to him one time and said, you use this gospel as a crutch. You use it to cover all kinds of things. It's not a crutch, he said. Without it, I'm a paraplegic, he said. I couldn't do anything without him. And, and, and it was said in the Bible, if, if we walk in the Spirit, let us live in the Spirit. If, if, we, if we're going to do anything, do it in the Spirit. John was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now we all have a human spirit. We all have a spirit that comes to us naturally. We also have a part of us that comes from a godly side. A part that God's working on. And then there's the spirit of the age that's around us. And that spirit begins to dominate. It begins to, it, it, it's what comes into our minds and into our hearts. And, and now we begin to see, I think, the whole mindset as we ministered last Wednesday of the world is changing. It's bringing people who once thought a certain thing to completely be given over to something else. Brother, Brother John Perzok sent me a little note that now in America they did a poll and 70% of all people, all people in the United States believe that it's okay to have a gay marriage. 70%. A few years ago it was barely 50%. The world is changing. And, and you know, the, 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 the way you refer to things, I, now I'm, I'm told by the real estate board, I, I design houses and things, and, and we, we, we label bedroom. The, typically the main bedroom for the house owner is the master bedroom. They're saying that that is no longer politically correct. They're saying you can't do that. I says, I'm not changing. 
I'm labeling it that because that's what it is. <laughs> but the world is changing around us. And, and we're in the midst of this world and it rubs off against us. And we need to be washed. We need to be cleaned. You can be a Christian. You can dress right. You can talk right. You can go to church. You can listen to things. But the battle is the battle of your mind. The battle is to keep your spirit right. To keep you clean as you approach God. That you're in a place where somebody asks you to pray that you're ready to pray. That you don't have to go and repent and say, i got to wash and i got to get this off of me. Friends, I go through battles like every one of you. There's times I get up, I don't feel like praying. There's times I get up and I think, my thoughts, what, where in the world did that come? Where did that come from? But you know, it, it's funny how it is. Sometimes I feel like I, I can't even hardly kneel down and, and just begin to cry out to God for things. I start opening my Bible. I start reading a few scriptures. I listen to a tape a little bit, and something starts to change. There's an atmosphere that begins to happen. That's why we need to be in the presence of God. We need to be with believers. We need to have good conversation. We need to have good things to look on, good things to hear. We need to have good things and surround ourselves. Why? It brings us to a place where God can use us for our appointed function. And we are kings and priests. Right now, we don't even know why this community may be blessed. We don't know why the job you work for may be blessed. But it may be just because of you, a son or daughter of God, the people that are around you. That's a blessing. God's eyes are upon us. Okay, Exodus 28. Well, one thing we don't have to worry about is the air conditioner kicking in and making a lot of noise because it's out there on the parking lot right now. And we don't have to worry about it, the temperature having a drastic change. If it's going to do anything, it's going to come slowly. But anyway, thank God that you're in church. God bless you all that are here. Peter, sorry, Exodus 28, let's read verse 1. If you read the preceding chapters Moses is told in the mount to make a tabernacle. He's told to make all of these things, the curtains, the coverings, everything that's there, the brazen altar, everything that's there. But now it comes to chapter 28, and this is all part of the vision. And he says, And take thou, take unto thee Aaron thy brother, and his sons with him, from among the children of Israel, that he may minister to me in the priest's office. Even Aaron, Nadab, and Abdu, Eleazar, and Ithar, Aaron's sons. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother, for glory and for beauty. Now, I, I want to just say this as a type doesn't just refer to the priesthood. But it refers to a priesthood that would come. And we're not just talking about a five-fold ministry because every man who's head of his home is the priest of that home. Everybody who intercedes and prays for somebody else is a priest for that person, is an intercessor. So before you can rightly perform your duty that God has given you, you need to have a proper garment. So it says in verse 3, And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, that I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. 
So now God didn't just pick anybody, but he took people that had a certain mindset even to prepare the garments. And he would say, and these are the garments that you shall make, a breastplate and an ephod, a robe, a broidered coat, a miter, and a girdle. And, they sh and thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And they shall take gold and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen. Now, I'm not going to read this whole chapter, but it would start about the ephod. And, and the ephod, if, if you actually look at it, the ephod was, was a, uh, a short garment made of linen embroidered by gold, purple, blue, consisted of two pieces, a front and a back, and, and in it was set the onyx stones, etc. Now, I, I could have showed a picture of the whole thing. And I, my purpose isn't to give you all of that, but I, it's to take this all. There was different aspects of the garment that were necessary in order to minister properly. So it would be the ephod. It would be the breastplate. It would be the urim and thummim. That was God's judgment. It was put upon the heart. Then there was the robe of the ephod. And then there was the holy crown. And, and there was all of these elements were part of the ministry that was there. You couldn't just go in haphazardly. You had to go in certain ways. So you, you know how it is when, when, when you go out to do something Hey, there's times I love to put on a pair of jeans. Uh, I, 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 you know, I, I look at people that, that, do, that, that come now and they wear these jeans. You actually, I didn't know about this, but you can actually buy them with holes in. And they're desired. And, and you know, they're not even worn out. They're actually ripped apart and you buy them like that. Now, I, I, I tell you, that's, that, that's the way of the world. That's fine. There's a place for all of those things. There's a place to be casual and that old T-shirt that you love since you had high school, which your wife wants to throw up, but you don't let her do it because it's your favorite T-shirt and you feel comfortable in it. But there's a time when you come to do a certain thing, you put on a different garment. There's a time when you just put your feet up on the couch, your mind is just anywhere, that's fine. But then there's a time when you go to meet somebody or fellowship with somebody or witness somebody. You prepare your heart, you prepare yourself, you change your garment, you change your thinking, you put yourself in a right mindset, you get clean, you allow yourself to be neutral. Why? You're now serving in your role before God. You're putting yourself in a place that Lord, I'm here for you. And when we come to church, we're not just here for ourselves. We're here for one another. We're here to benefit one another. So he goes through all of this. Let's just pick this part up. We'll read from verse 33. And beneath the hem of it, you shall make pomegranates of blue and of purple and of, and of scarlet round about the hem and bells of gold between them round about. A golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell, and a pomegranate upon the hem of the robe round about. And it shall be upon Aaron to minister, and his sound shall be heard when he goes into the holy place before the Lord, and when he cometh out that he die not. Now, now the garment is 
becoming more sacred. You can't just come in any which way, but there's bells and there's pomegranates, and pomegranates represent fruitfulness, and, and the bells represent a certain sound. Now, to make that sound, it, it couldn't just be clothes, but it had to be the way you walked in those clothes. And you had to walk in a certain way to make a certain sound, and it had to represent before the Lord holiness. It had to be a holy walk before God. Now, holiness is something that's not even talked about very much because the world, the devil or the God of this world has so made it that everything is casual. You know, you, know, you, you, you watch some of the ministers that come up and they minister before their congregations. They have a t-shirt out. They, you know, they, they stand before it. They got blue jeans on. They're one of the guys. And, and it, it's like there's no difference. And so the congregation treats them like one of the guys. But it's not that we are trying to be reverenced by the clothes we wear, but we're representing a change of attitude. Now you know yourself when you put on something that's dressier, and you do it, it puts you in a different frame of mind. You know that when you, you, you have a certain mindset going into a conversation, well, I'm just going to let them know. It, it doesn't always go well. So you, you want to keep your spirit clean. You want to allow the Holy Spirit. It's not ourselves that we want to be seen. It's the Spirit of God that dwells within us. And I, I think that's a wonderful thing. The Bible would say, if any man love God, the same is known of him. Now, you think, well, he loves God. Why? He shows up at church all the time. No, it's the way he conducts himself. It's the way he talks with people. It's the way he does things. So all of this is for a purpose. Now, the sound had to be a certain sound, and it had to be a certain thing. So the garments had a certain sound, and if it didn't ring just right, then God would strike them, and they would actually have a rope around them, and they'd pull them out in case they didn't walk right. Now, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to do this. Let me, let me share something. It's, it's something that many years ago, Brother Harold brought up in a service, and it's always been a quote that has stuck with me. And, and it was Brother Branham talking about Jesus, and it's under a message, Healing of Jairus' Daughter, 1955. This is the quote. He says, now, we find, and this is before Jesus goes into to see Jairus' daughter. The preceding chapter, he's alone praying. The Son of God alone praying. And he says, now we find one place where the Son of God had to spend so much time in prayer. Now, now listen to the way these words are said. If Jesus had to spend much time in prayer to stay in fellowship with the Spirit that was in him. Now, my, oh my. So it's not automatic just because you're the son of God that your spirit's going to be free or immune from everything. No. In fact, for us, we are unredeemed. We are in this flesh. We are subject as our outside flesh is to getting dirty. So can our spirit get dirty. But there's a spirit within us. There's something that's been born in us. And when we get that way, we just want to find a place. Oh God, let me get back under the blood. Let me get clean. Don't let me be. Don't let me die with this world. Don't let me think those thoughts. Lord, I want a fellowship with you. And so it says, Jesus 
had to spend time to stay in fellowship with the spirit that was in him. Amen. Now, the, the quotation we, we have as parents, where, and, and, and it says in the, in the Bibles now, if, 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 if a son or a daughter stray, you know, they may stray, but, but God will not stray with them. The pr- your prayers follow them. They stay with them. And so, but you know, you can get away from the Spirit of God. You can get away from where God is sensitive to you. You, you get away from a place, and, and, and it, it's Satan that's hindering. It's Satan that's making that battleground. You know, Brother Brandon would say, in greatest battle ever fought, he would say, it's not how long we can make the battle last. But it's that we can cut it off, that we can have ground that is ground that can be fruitful for God. Now in the Old Testament, their inheritance was their land. And their land had elements in it, it had water in it, it had springs in it. And, and it was a desired place. But the enemy would come and block up those wells. Abraham dug wells, they were fruitful, they were places where you could be refreshed, there was places where you could do it. We find that when Isaac came around in the days of Isaac, the Philistines had blocked them up. Now that's the same old tactic of the devil. You can have a revival, you can be wonderful, the devil bombards you, this went wrong, that went wrong, this went wrong, and your mind is all over the place. You know the best thing you need to do is get in fellowship with God again. Lord, you're the same God that was in the service yesterday. You're the same God that was here. Let me stay in fellowship with this Spirit of God that you've deposited within me. Now, I I need to move along quicker. He says, now, if you only knew what time in prayer meant. Sometimes in prayer, God changes the complete destination of different things that's going to happen. What does the Bible say? Ask. Now, it doesn't say think. I'm thinking that I'll be in the rapture. No. Uh, I I think my son might come in. No. Ask. You have to have a place where it's you and God talking. Ask. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be opened. That's what God's promise is. But there needs to be an interaction. There needs to be a communication. And and sometimes your mind is on board. You know who needs to hear our prayers as much as anything is the devil. The devil needs to know, okay, that bothered him, but why does he always go in prayer when it bothers him? Because he's a son of God. Because they're a daughter of God. So he would say, your prayer could change the whole situation. Now, I, I, I could say part of that lays in human beings. The kingdom of God lays within the human being. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. The vine can't bear fruit. The branches bear fruit. He wants your hands. He wants your eyes. He wants your tongue. He wants your lips. He wants your ears. He wants to bring forth fruit through you. Now, the, the battleground that we're on sometimes you know, it, 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 it's like there's a hindrance. Now, we're, we're all nature differently. Your hindrance and my hindrance may be completely different. But whatever it is, and, 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 and I'm, I'll just use a broad section here. You know, the Bible says there's six things God hate, hates, and, and he would say somebody that sows discord, somebody that's froward, somebody that's, and he, and he mentions six different things in Proverbs. Now, maybe my trouble is not the same as your trouble. 
Maybe it's that I got a froward tongue. I'm always saying things and having to repent for it. Well, if that's the issue, what, what do you need to do? Just draw back and say, Lord, let my sentence come forth from your presence. Don't let me speak myself. Don't let me send out emails all in capital letters. <laughs> I'll tell you what, <laughs> you don't have to say a word. We got the message, yeah. So that may not be, maybe it's, maybe it's lust, maybe it's temptation. You know, the Bible would say in the last time, that, the prophet actually would say, in the last time, women have become almost irresistible. So, you know, that can be a spirit that, that comes on you, and you, you feed it by what you look at, by what you think on, and you can feed it or you can kill it. Now, it'll never completely leave you because it may be the very thing that's the edge that keeps you close to God. So it, but, but it doesn't want to dominate you. You know, in one place, it was, you know, the Bible talks about somebody that's eaten up with something. You know, when you're eaten up, you, you think, well, what, what are you eating up? About? If somebody's eaten up with bitterness, like when somebody's like that, you can hardly say a word to them. The sun's shining. Yeah, but it'll be cloudy soon enough. The weather's nice. Well, winter's coming. Well, like, look at how long the daylight hours. Yeah, but it won't be long. Like, you can't say anything to them. But that's not, I'll tell you what, you dwell in that realm, everything, you're, you're, you've opened the ground for the devil to step in. This is wonderful. Every time he opens his mouth, it gives me another foothold, and another foothold, and another foothold. But resist the devil. Allow your spirit to be clean. How do you do it? You start thanking him. You start praising him. Well, you may, not, you may have lost a few, but you say, Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Watch the atmosphere change. Watch your spirit change. Watch your outlook change. Watch things change around you. Now he says in the same message, I haven't gotten out of the quote yet, but the disciples, you know, that Jesus crossed over to the other side in a mountain to pray. The disciples just said, well, I don't know where he is, but we'll just go out. And they started out in the ship, and they said, if you start out anywhere without Christ, trouble's on its road. He says, as soon as the devil sees you out of fellowship with Christ, Right then, he will set out for you as hard as he can. He says, just as soon as he sees you away from prayer, from consecration, Satan will catch you right then if he possibly can. That's why you need to be built up. That's why you need to keep doing these things. Now, I, I, I was in Exodus. I was, I was reading some of this and and. If I, if I still read one more out of Exodus 28, verse 40, and it says, And for Aaron's son you shall make coats, you shall make for them girdles and bonnets, and you shall make them for glory and for beauty. Now, I want to skip the, 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 the verses in Revelations. Let's just go for a moment and talk, just take this thinking just a little further. Psalms 93, verse 1. Just put it up, Ethan. We're going to move quickly. I'm going to just take a few. Psalms 93, verse 1. The Lord reigneth, he is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength, wherewith he girdeth himself. The world is also established, established that it cannot be moved. So what does God clothe himself? Now, don't think of clothes as just natural things. In the Old Testament, it's natural. But what are we clothed with? 
Look at what God is closed with. Thy throne is established of old. Thou art from everlasting. Let's go to Psalms 104. Psalms 104. If we read this from verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord, my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. And he says, who coverest yourself with light as with a garment, who stretcheth out the heavens like a curtain. So God himself is clothed with things. Now let's go to Psalms 132. I'm I'm using this just to to get you in the same channel, the same thought. Psalms 132, verse 7. Uh, We will go into his tabernacles. We will worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, into thy rest, and thou in the ark of thy strength, Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness. And let thy, and he says, and let thy saints shout for joy. Oh my, what what are we clothed with? Is it about, is this a lesson in dressing right to go to church? Or is this a lesson in, uh, let's forget about the physical for a minute. How are you dressed spiritually? What is your clothing tonight as you come in? Listen, and, and if you are, this is a place where you can be like Joshua. I got filthy garments. And God says, cause those garments to go from him. Clothe him with righteousness. Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with jewels. So now the Bible goes into another level. It begins to talk about a marriage. Now, when you come to a wedding and you come to a certain place, Again, it's not one of those times that you do when you're laying in the hammock, let's go to the wedding, you know, and there I was in my jeans, and there I was in my t-shirt, and let's go to, to the wedding. No, you, you dress a certain way, and particularly the bridegroom and the bride, there's a lot of time and a lot of money spent on dressing right for weddings, especially if you're the father of the bride. There's a lot of time and money. Spent for those things. But it's a type. So the, the Bible would say of the age we live in, and, and, and now just to take it to, to Revelations 3, it talks about the age, the conditions of the age that we lived in. In Revelations 3, verse 17, it says, Because you say I'm rich and increased with goods, have need of nothing, you don't know that you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. You're not even wearing clothes. I counsel thee, buy of me gold tried in the fire, that you may be rich, and white raiment, that you may be clothed, and that the shame of your nakedness does not appear. Anoint thine eyes with eyesalve that thou mayest see. So it says you can be clothed. And it says, I counsel you to, to buy of me gold tried in the fire, and that you may be rich, and white raiment, that you may be clothed. Revelations 19, I'm, I'm just... Moving quickly to get to another part here. Revelations 19, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. So what are we doing when we're getting here? Are we just saying, well, I'm just waiting for the rapture? No, we're actually getting ready. Lord, change me. 
prepare me. Let me have the garments that I need to come in. Because in the Bible it would talk about a certain man that came to the feast and he didn't have the proper clothes. He didn't have the proper garment. And, and the Lord would say to him, how did you get in here? You're not even dressed properly. You can't come in like that. You know, I, 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 there was this one quotation that's always st stuck with me and because our walk, if we're predestinated, will be there. But how we go in, that's up to us as free moral agents. You can go in kicking and screaming if you're a part of it. Or you can go in wearing the breastplate of his righteousness. You can go in with all he's done for you. You can go in with all those things. And, and, and you can do it. But it would say here, and it says, the bride has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. So it was granted to her. In, in Revelation 7, it talks about another group. It was given to them. But to this one, it was granted to them. Now, now there's, there's a part Brother Branham would say in, in God Keeps His Word. He said, God keeps His Word. He must do it in order to be God. That's the reason if the church does not get herself ready, that's your duty to get ready. The bride has to make herself ready. The garments are paid for. They are ready, but you must be ready to wear those garments. The church has made herself ready. Now we know the type of Elijah and Elisha. Elijah, he, he had a mantle, and when he went off the scene, he cast the garment to Elisha, and Elisha put the garment on. But if you listen to the message and you listen to how Brother Branham says, it didn't just fit him. He actually makes the statement, he says, it took him 10 years to get the garment to fit right. Not, not because the garment had to be changed, but Elisha had to be changed. And we need to be changed that we can put the garment on properly. So it's not that the, the garment isn't here. In fact, the garment is here. Brother Bannon would say in the message, Marriage of the Lamb, I, I, I feel like I'm yelling and going fast here. And he says, there's going to be a bride. She's going to appear without spot or wrinkle. And now listen to this. He says, they have the material on earth now to make themselves ready. But the, the emphasis on she has made herself ready. Now, the garment isn't just that I got books in my home and tapes and, and that I, you know, I, I come to a church, but it's what I do with I come. I'm not just a hearer. I'm a doer of the Word. I put it on. I do something with it, and, and, and I've got to start working with it. My, I feel like I, I want to go two or three different places. 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's, uh, no, let's go to first. Well, we read 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. The, the scripture that we took about being kings and priests and, and being raised up and to be, uh, offer spiritual sacrifices, you could follow that into chapter 3 where it talks about being subject to husbands and wives. It talks about how we should conduct ourselves as brethren. Then it goes into chapter 4 and it talks about how there's a suffering, but the suffering is working something out in us and it's doing things. Let's just go over to chapter 5. Verse 1, The elders which are among you I exhort, 
who am also an elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief of chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So the crown of glory doesn't just come just because you come in. Here you go. No, it's actually something, character is something you earn, something you put on, something you go through. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the ender. Yea, all of you be subject one to another be clothed with humility. I, we have a few brothers that come together and we have a prayer meeting here every second week and we just take time and I, I couldn't make it early enough but I, I walked in and as I walked in I'm just hearing some of the brothers praying. And it wasn't like, Lord, we're here it's us and answer us. It's, Lord, forgive us. Help us, Lord. We need you, Lord. Move in our behalf. Move in. A, I'll tell you what. A humble heart moves the heart of God. A, a, an attitude of humility. It, it does something. And as I'm sitting there and I'm, I, and I'm telling you, brothers that were praying, I was so blessed to see the Spirit of God in each of you. And as you began calling... I'll tell you what, it wasn't that our prayers were just going out there and going nowhere. You knew that God was hearing because it was coming from a pure heart. And I believe God is answering, even today. And I, I, and I am grateful to be associated with a group of brethren that are like that and a group of people that are before God and, and, and you bring your spirit and you bring it subject and Lord, make our meetings and do what you can Friends, we're not here just for ourselves. We're a, we're a group. We're, I think we're going to come to find in the days as we come, we're going to need the part of Christ that's in every one of us. I'm going to need other brethren's prayers. I'm going to need other brethren and the gifts they bring and the ministry and the way they minister it. I, I believe there's, there's something that we all offer and that we all contribute. But there's an approach. There's a spirit. It says, now be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care on him because he cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to just, this was really a part that I wanted to get to. When we read the portion in Zechariah, here's the high, priest, jo, no, the, the, the high priest Joshua standing at the throne of God. What a place to be standing. And yet, who's standing right there next to him? The devil. Doing what? Resisting him. Now, I, I, I need to just put the devil on notice because his tactics have never changed. Now, in the Old Testament, when Adam and Eve sinned, the cherubims guarded the tree of life, 
Man could not get because God was anointing man to stay away from it. Until the sacrifice could be made, which was Jesus Christ. And after Jesus died, the anointing was to open the way. The way had been made. Now you can come and partake freely. But what was the first thing that happened? The anointing on the priests, when the veil was rent from top to bottom, let's sew it up, let's stitch it up, let's block the way. What did the Philistines do with the wells of water in Abraham's time? They blocked them up. What did they do when Christ died and, 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 and he, they, they, they took a, the, the tomb was empty? They had a story. They had a tale go out. They had to contrive something to make it look to block the way. That's the enemy that blocks your way, that blocks my way. The enemy will, will do everything he can. Now, I'm, I'm going to read this. You, you know the quote really well. But he says, Satan hates the book of Revelation because it's the revelation of Jesus Christ in the church. We are not here trying to follow him. He is in us. He is with us. He says, now he knows that Christ is the same and he changes not. God is immutable in his nature. The original church at Pentecost is the true church Jesus claims as his own. All else is false. And he says, Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. But the Antichrist spirit comes into the church to defile it, making it lukewarm, formal, and powerless. He will do that to every one of us. I'll tell you what, it's, it's, it, every time I come to minister... It's like there's a million things that come thrown at me. It's the devil trying to reduce the effect. He's trying to do everything. And you know when you do something for God. You know where the devil resists you. You know where he causes you trouble. You know where he, where he injure, injures you. I think it was Paul that spoke to the Galatians. Who has hindered you? There's an enemy that's there to hinder you. Brother, Brother Max spoke the message on Sunday night about your enemy... Brother Branham had to fight. He had to fight through that enemy. He had to fight the good fight of faith. He had to stand on the ground that God gave him. And the enemy is there to defile our spirit, to take our approach, to cause us to have filthy garments. And we feel like we can't hardly even ask. My attitude was wrong. My motive was wrong. That's why I go in prayer. Before I come here, Lord... Uh, no matter what I think, it's not what I think, Lord, it's what you think. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes the devil, have you ever had this? Sometimes you think a certain thing about a person, and then, you know, they, you know and you kind of think they're just a little standoffish, maybe. And then the next time you see them in church, and they quickly turn their head from you. Maybe they were looking at somebody else. But now you're anointed with that thought, yeah, it's exactly what I thought. And then, and then something else happens and somebody else says something one time. Yeah, they're, they're not, I, I don't know, I can't fellowship with that person. It's exactly my revelation. And then, you know, we haven't had a chance to have people over. But then you have those people over at your house one day and it's like, wow, they're nice people. Who's anointing us, friends? The devil, I'll tell you what, he wants to come between us as a body. He wants to do anything he can to minimize the effect of Christ in the church. And that enemy, he comes and he does those things continually. 
And sometimes we talk his language, we play his game, we, you know, yeah, that's what I thought. And, you know, and, and, and we're talking words and we're sharing things. You know what? I, I feel like, I, I had an old Englishman, he was a boss, he says, speak the truth and shame the devil. So, Brother Brown says, say nice things. But sometimes we build up this big image. Oh, yeah. There, you know, I can't see how they'll be there. Why did, why did Brother Bam say we'll be surprised at those that are there and those that weren't there? Because we viewed them through carnal eyes. And, you know, the devil is a master at creating these images. And, and they're in our mind, and we don't keep our spirit clean. That's why the Bible says you need to forgive. That's why the Bible says you need to have a spirit of forgiveness. I, I really have a message on that one time, and I, I just, on, on the things that we hold on to, the things that we carry with us, and we allow the devil a foothold. It's not the message today, but it's, you know, and, and so those things are there. The devil allows those things to be, build up, but we want to be free of those things. So, so we're, we're fighting this battle. So in the quote, Brother Bam says, he comes into church, he defiles it, he makes it lukewarm, you know, the spirit of the age, okay, well, let's not get too fanatical because we might get put in jail. Let's have some proper words on our website just so in case somebody's looking in. Listen, we're starting to go on the wrong ground. The priests, before they ever could go in, their garments had to be clean. Before we ever get the promises of God, we need to be in a proper place. I'm, I'm gonna, I need to jump over to a, a quotation to give the proper side of this. But let me, let me finish this, or a scripture. So he says, The Antichrist comes into the church doing these things. It exposes Satan, reveals his works. Now, listen, he says, He fights it. He cannot stand it. All hell is against this revelation. I inserted that part. It's another quote. All hell is against it. But he says, he knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is and what she stands for and she can do the greater works, she will be an invincible army. Now, these facts have not changed. The revelation is true. There is a true church. Christ has redeemed her. He has given her garments that are going to present her faultless before the throne of God. He has cleansed her. He has bought her. She is his own. She is clean with him. In her eyes she is pure. Not by her own works, but by the blood of Jesus. And yet Satan does everything he can to discredit that amongst, in our own minds and amongst us. But he knows that if they catch it, so what do we battle with all the time? It's all the little things. Well, if you were really this, and if you were really that, and if you were that. And so the spirit that we entertain, the things we come up with, it, it does so much against us. Revelation 13, we're not, uh, Matthew 13, we could go to it. But there were four types of ground. There was a type of ground that was by the wayside. There was those that would come to church, they would hear the word, and, and, and they would immediately leave it. It wouldn't have no root, it wouldn't have nothing. There was that which came into stony places, and, 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 and it, would, it would bear no fruit, it would do nothing. And then there was those that had the clutter and the thorns, and, 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 and the seed was good seed. The ground could potentially bring forth, but it was the condition of the ground that dictated the crop. 
And sometimes there's so much clutter. I think that when in this age, there's so many thorns in our life. There's so many things we watch and so many things we listen to and so many things we hear that there's no place for the fruit to grow. Oh, and we come to church and we fight this and, oh, that person isn't doing that and this person and how come this is and then how come the air conditioning isn't on tonight? No, 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 no. And all those things we fight through and then maybe God can break through a little bit. What could he do if our minds are cleansed from all of those things? What could he do if our thoughts are on good things? What if the fourth ground was there? Good ground. So he fights for it. Because if she gets the true revelation, it's not something she's conjuring up. It's there. It's ours. It's mine. If they can get a revelation of the two spirits, they were in the framework of the Christian church. And by God's spirit, withstand, discern and withstand. They will be, Satan will be powerless. So where's our battle? It's, it's at that level. Let's just go over to Job chapter 32 for a moment. I, I need to bring the good side of this a little bit here. Job chapter 32. Now, if you, if you read all of Job, you know, and Job's not necessarily a book that we, oh, I feel great today. I'm going to read the book of Job. No, it, Job is only read when, when you're in the middle of it. And, and sometimes, you know, you're, you're in the middle of it, and you're sick, or you're this, and and you've identified the three comforters that are now in the flesh around you. And, uh, but, but now, here's a part where the three comforters stopped. And, and the three men, in verse 32, verse 1, So these three men ceased to answer Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Then was kindled the wrath of Elihu, the son of such and such. So he, he says, because Job justified himself. And he talks about the three friends and... And Elihu waited till they were all there. And he says these words. Let's just read from verse 6. And Elihu, the son of Berkel, answered and said, I am young and you are very old. Wherefore I was afraid and durst not show you my opinion. I said days should speak. Multitude of years should teach wisdom. But he says this in verse 8. There is a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. Now, if you take this in the Bible, Brother Ram says, Elihu is a type of Christ. So now he's coming to Job, and he knows now God's going to speak to him. He's going to say, Job, gird up your loins. Stand up like a man. But before he can do that, he has to prepare the ground. And he, and he tells him, there's a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty gives understanding. I, I'm, I marvel at how Hollywood will take the negative aspect of this. They, they dwell in a realm that's demonic and their inspiration gives them an inspiration. They, they will capture things that are, 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 are so emblematic of the age we live in. And in movies and in different things. But that's not the realm that we dwell in. There's a realm that we dwell in that they can't tap to. But it starts with a clean spirit. How can God speak to you if you're, if you're just checking emails or if you're just on YouTube or you're just on social media? Or you're, where can God speak to you? I, I've taken to walking a whole lot and I find the walking is not just good for me physically, but it actually is good for me mentally. 
Because when I'm walking, if I'm not listening to a tape or I'm doing something, it gives me inspiration. It's, oh, yes, that's right, Lord. And that's this, and that's right, Lord. And sometimes it's just an opportunity. You know, the devil has beat you down, and all of a sudden you can see clearly again. You know, I think we need to have those times where we just reset. We pray or, or we walk. You can walk while you're praying. You can do those things. You can be in nature. You know, you need a reset. Sometimes you're beat down. Went out golfing with my son the other day. And, you know, you hit a couple of bad shots and you just don't feel good about yourself. You know, you live for that two or three shots that you feel like you can still make the PGA Tour. But, but anyway, you, and you just feel like success when you get it close and... But you know, and, 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 and golf is such a mental game because I hit this bad shot, I'll correct myself, and it's just another bad shot, and it's another bad shot. And I said, we need to be able to reset. And God has given us that reset. When you come into his presence, and when you come in, okay, I've fallen, Lord, I've stumbled, but Lord, I'm here. You are my Lord, you're my God, you're my righteousness. I love you, Lord, I, I, and, I, and I've fallen, but I'm your son, I'm still. And all of a sudden, your disposition changes, and your mind changes. We need to be able to reset. I'll tell you what, you're gonna get bombarded. I, I'm, I'm grateful, that I feel there's times, I feel like, the Bible says, lead me not into temptation, I feel like, I'm bombarded, and I'm just going to be like, Peter, forget it. I'm going fishing. I'm going back to the old ways. And then God just, somebody phones you. Somebody texts you. God cares. God wants you to prosper. God is on your side. So if you can dwell in that positive atmosphere. So he says, there's a spirit in man, and the inspiration. Now, if that spirit is clean, God can inspire you and lead you into things. Now, this goes right through all of chapter 32. Let's just go into 33 for a moment. And he says in verse 3, 33, My word shall be of the uprightness of my heart, and my lips shall utter knowledge clearly. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. If you can answer me, set my, thy words in order before me, and stand up. Behold, I am according to thy wish in God's stead. I also am formed out of clay. You know, God knows that we're in flesh. He knows that we're tempted. He knows that these things come before us. He knows the things that, that are there. And let me jump to another scripture. We're going to wind our thoughts down here. John chapter 17. John chapter 17. This is Jesus as he's just going, and uh, he's now in prayer as he's leaving, and, and he begins to utter these words, some of the most beautiful words that he utters. Let's just read it from verse 12. John 17, verse 12, and he's talking now, um, he's leaving the world, and, and, and he's saying now, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture may be fulfilled. Now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves." I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the world. My, my original nature was to do the things of the flesh, but there's another spirit that's come in. And, and strive with all you can to keep that spirit. And he says, now, 
Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. I, I will say this. There is an anointing that's on this message. There's an anointing when you read the Bible. There's an anointing when you put it on your lips. There's an anointing when you take it into the meditation of your heart. There's an anointing that will change the atmosphere around you. But you've got to put it on. You've got to embrace it. You've got to say, I'm a part of this and I'm not a part of that. What are you doing? You're sanctifying yourself. Listen, he's not going to come into a vessel that's not sanctified. Well, say, so I had the Holy Ghost years ago. But yeah, we get dirty. And we need a refilling. But you've got to be cleaned up. Get your heart right. Get your spirit right. Verse 19. These are most beautiful words. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. That they also might be sanctified through the truth. I'm not defiled. I don't have to be defiled. I can be sanctified. I don't have to remain dirty. I don't have to go, go this way. I don't have to keep dirty garments. The devil, though he fights, though he's coming against me with everything, I'll tell you what, there's a spirit in me. And I, I, I know that I can be an overcomer. And I know I can take care of all of these things. I, I, I want to just read, read also this. Brother Branham would, would speak. And, and he says, now, Jesus says, I sanctify them. He could have married, but he didn't do it. He became sanctified. So when you're together with somebody, it's so easy. Uh, let, me, let me pick on fishermen. Fishermen love to tell a good story. You know, here I was, and it was, it was windy, and I, I caught this fish. And, you know, it's funny how the fish started out this big, and by the time you get to the end of the story, it may be that big between the eyes, not from tip to toe, or so to speak. But, you know, by the time you get to shore, it's this big. And, and, and what is it? It's pride. It's coming out. But sometimes just to stand back in a group of people and let somebody else speak. There's great power in that. I sanctify myself. And then just a word. You, you can change the atmosphere around you. So Brother Bram says now, lay aside every weight. If you got a temper, you got something that you talk about when you ought not to talk, Lay it down. If it's caused you injury, and the devil, you know, it's eaten you up. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I, I just, I, I could speak of myself, I could, speak, I could speak of all of us. There's something that sometimes eats us up, and I just say, God, give me grace to lay it down. And you know, he says, you lay it down once, and you watch how much more strength you have the next time. Lay it down a second time. And all of a sudden, it becomes a way of life. It becomes something now you're walking in it. it and how did you get that? Just a little at a time. You sanctified yourself. He says, lay it down. Watch the fire of the altar come and take it away. Watch the love of God lick it up. Watch all that old selfishness, the way you've been talking to your wife, the way you've been talking to your neighbor, the way... You've been talking to your husband, the way you talk about people in the church. Lay it on the altar this morning, he says, and the fire of God will come away and take it away. Listen, this, this may be in its simplest, purest form. But, you know, I, I marvel at how the scripture would talk about Joshua and Caleb. Let's have the musicians come. Joshua and Caleb, 
And the Bible would say, because they were the two spies that stayed true to the message of the hour. But it says, and Caleb, because he had another spirit in him. In the book of Numbers, it says it. And I've always marveled, what did he take in his spirit? What did he keep in himself? I imagine he had to watch his temper. I imagine maybe he, he felt like complaining a few times. You know, I'm walking an extra 40 years because of you guys. I'm sure there was a few times he felt like saying that. But you know what? He kept his spirit clean. He didn't allow himself to get defiled. His garments stayed pure. So Brother Adam would say, Father, I can't do it for them. They've got to do it themselves. Let them do it alone. Oh God, this temper, I lay it down here, Lord. He would say in another place, are you always selfish, wanting your own way? Do the opposite. Yeah, listen, you might be as Scottish as Scottish can be, and you're tight with your money, but sometimes do the opposite. Give something to somebody. Amen. I, know I could say that because there's not that many Scottish people here. You might be German, and you might just be a military person with all that's in you. Sometimes loosen up. Stop running your home like a military camp. You might be as loose as loose can be. Go visit a German. <laughs> That's just an antidote I have. But He says, Lord, let them lay it down. This tongue of mine has been so easy to take sides with a bunch of gossip. Lord, I'm laying it down. Never to pick it up again. Sanctify my tongue. Let me feel like the angels coming through Isaiah when he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. Woe is me. And the angel took the tongs and went to the altar. God, sanctify every talker this morning that talks wrong and sows discord. It's so easy to do. I've watched people under pressure, clients that I have. I've watched myself sometimes. And some situation doesn't work right. And I, I, I checked myself the other day. I said, I've got to stop talking about the government because that's not right. Because the Bible is a part of that. It says also re respect the laws. Don't create that atmosphere. And yet I, I just said, let me have a clean spirit. Let me have a spirit that, Lord, you could come to. That the dove could come to. That you would be welcome. That the spirit that you have given, that now I could be inspired to greater things instead of condescending to lower things. I, I, I love it when I have a message and it scrubs me and it cleans me. Don't let me be influenced by the wave of the world and everybody wanting to be politically correct and this and this. Lord, keep my eyes on you. Let's stand together. I, I, this this was, was maybe very simple in its way. But listen, all hell is against this revelation. 
it was Joshua the high priest and Satan standing there to resist him. The enemy is there against us. He knows our weakness. And what does he try to do? He knows that if you get the flues right, the channel right, you're a candidate to get the true revelation. And he knows that if we all together get the true revelation, we'll be an invincible army. So what does he do? He points out the differences between husband and wife, between parents and children. He allows things to linger, and, and, and it eats you. Oh, and you remember, just go in prayer and say, Lord, it, no matter if they were wrong and I was right, don't let me carry that. Let me lay it down. What you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. What you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. Did you ever think about Stephen being stoned? And he's there, and he says, I see God in heaven. And then he, before he passes, he lays this little prayer. Lay not this sin to their charge. Last words. And there was a man there named Saul who was holding the clothes of, of Peter. Do you know what he did right there? He took the curse off of Saul and allowed him to become Paul. But he could have held that and gone to his grave with that. Let it go. Lay it down. Let God have his way. Why do we hold on to things? Releasing Paul <laughs> is what I could call it. Releasing that, letting it go. Keep my spirit clean. You know the best way to do that? You might have a tough time praying for somebody. You might, there's those that are around you. There's a brother in another place. He says, my gift to the body is that I'm an emery stone. I rub people. Oh, tremendous. <laughs> now, if you do this willingly, <laughs> and, and God bless him. <laughs> but, you know, if, 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 now I lost my thought. <laughs> I, I just say, Lord, may, may, our spirits be clean. Let, let there be no schism in the body. That's why mission work is great. You see a soul saved. You forget about that this wasn't right or that person didn't do. That's why when you see someone come in, get baptized, you see someone, oh, it just does something for you. That ought to be the joy of the church. Oh, Do you love the Lord tonight? Oh, well, we need to sing a song or two. Know ye not, know ye not that you are a temple. <clears throat> know ye not, know ye not, ye are a temple. Know ye not, know ye not, ye are a temple. Oh, know ye not, know ye not, ye are a temple. Yes, I know I am a temple. 
Sometimes the best way to overcome a thought or feeling against someone is actually get on your knees and start praying for them. Not just mention their name once, but actually say, Lord, I don't know what they go through. I don't know. Maybe there's this. But Lord, would you bless them? And start interceding. And you know, after a while, that feeling leaves you. Because it's just the devil. You know, those greasy hands try to get in and worm their way and put feelings and thoughts and, and make us feel dirty and defiled and, and, and look at things we ought not to look at and things we ought not to think. I say, Lord, I want to be clean. You know, there was a man at the time, he was up in Grand Prairie. He was up in the north, actually. His name was Chris Berg. He was a Norwegian. He was a, a bit of a loner. He was a man who was a man of the wilderness. And, and, and he was up there, and Brother Branham called him his friend. He said, my friend, Chris Berg. And there was a time when he was in a tent with, with Chris Berg, and then they were just cleaning a tent. They were on a hunting trip. And, and Brother Branham just got caught into a spiritual realm. And I said, Brother Biscoe walked in the tent, and he looked over, at, and Chris Berg was there, and he says, put that man in a room with a thousand women, and he'll come out clean. What kind of a testimony is that? What a place to dwell. Can you dwell there? Yes, you can. Show me a man that will put God first in everything. And I'll show you a man that will be successful in spite of everything the devil throws at him. He'll throw women at you. He'll throw money at you. He'll throw popularity at you. He'll throw everything at you. But it can't affect you. Why? Because you're sold out to him. Your mind and your spirit is upon him. We're a priesthood. What are we clothed with? Next time we come to church, let's not look just in the mirror at what we're wearing. What will I wear? Let's say, Lord, what's my attitude coming in? What is my spirit coming in? What, is, what am I bringing to the service? Am I bringing a place for you to dwell? I, that's what I would desire to do. 
Let's just change the order. Keep your mind stayed upon me. Keep your mind stayed. Mom.